um, add that way. So self-feeding program, hearing and obeying God's word. And this series that we're talking about, um, it's based on these four premises. So if I just, the four premises are this. The Bible has actually made it really clear what practices nourish our faith. It hasn't been mysterious about it. The, the Bible has, has really explicitly told us what practices nourish our faith. The other premise that this series is based on is this. The Bible has made it crystal clear what practices build resilient faith. Okay, and so, and so the third premise follows the, the first two. If, if the Bible's been clear what practices nourish our faith, what practices build resilient faith, then it's completely our responsibility to build those practices into our lives. Um, do you see how those three things follow? If God has made himself clear, if he hasn't been mysterious about what practices nourish our faith, build our faith, then it's clearly our responsibility to build those practices into our lives. And what I mean by build them into our lives um, is as in it should be something that it's a priority and it's such a part of your life that even if what we did at church were to stop, um, you know, that these are practices that you've worked into your everyday rhythms because um, you've read that, oh, wow, these are the things that keep me strong in my faith. Um, whether, whether an organization or a church is organizing these things for me or not, I need to have them resiliently in my life. And so if the Bible's been clear about these practices, we need to then take on the responsibility to build those practices into our lives and the fourth um, premise is this, and this is where obviously when we say self-feeding program, it's not entirely accurate because God is the one who feeds us and he's the one who gives us life. But it's about trying to talk about the balance in this statement, that the transformation of our hearts is something that God does and that we have a responsibility to partner with. And that whole mysterious thing of how his transformation works, but we have a responsibility to partner with it, I've never found a better way to, um, I guess, define it than that. It's a bit of a mysterious um, combination, but we see this combination all the time. So if I were to show you Matthew chapter 11, verse 27 to 30, um, you guys um, know this, right? So it says, um, all things have been committed to me by my father. No one knows the son except the father, and no one knows the father except the son, and those to whom the son chooses to reveal him. Come to me, all you who are weary and burdened, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me, for I am gentle and humble in heart, and you will find rest for your souls. For my yoke is easy and my burden is light. So in this passage, even we see that balance, that Jesus is the one who reveals the Father to us. Jesus is the one who knows the way. Jesus is the one who leads us, and yet, yet it still talks to us to do something, doesn't it? It says we're to yoke and, and, and yoke ourselves to him, and we're to learn from him. Um, you know, we're to actively learn from him. We're to actively attach ourselves to him, even though he's the one that leads, even though he's the one that reveals the path. And it talks about that. Um, just a reminder, if you could be on mute, if you are um, just got background noise, that'd be appreciated too. Um, John 15, 4 and 5 says this, remain in me. If you were there for JJ's sermon the other week, um, if you missed it, I encourage you to go listen to it. Um, JJ, our guest speaker, what an amazing guy, a great speaker too. 
um, he, he preached on this. It says, remain in me as I also remain in you. No branch can bear fruit by itself. It must remain in the vine. Neither can you bear fruit unless you remain in me. I am the vine, you are the branches. If you remain in me and I in you, you will bear much fruit. Apart from me, you can do nothing. Once again, we see the balance, don't we? It's God who's the life giver. It's God who's the vine. We're merely the branches, right? And, and yet there's an instruction to us. It's not passive. We, we're told to remain in him. So there's, even though that it's he's the one that does all the life giving, what, what are the practices that connect to the idea of us remaining in Jesus, even as he is the life giver? And, um, and, you know, Mel, and, and when she gave us um, that talk on sticky thoughts um, and um, letting God's truth speak to those sticky thoughts, um, she, she reflected on this verse, do not conform to the pattern of this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Then you will be able to test and approve what God's will is, his good, pleasing and perfect will. So even though the Bible talks about God doing a work in us, even though it talks about him um, you know, cleansing us and, and, and giving us his Holy Spirit and leading us, we still have this command to be transformed um, by the renewing of your mind. And, and just to show you that mystery, that when we talk about self-feeding program, what I'm talking about is us, you know, wrestling with what are the practices that represent our side of this, to partner with God in what he wants to do in us. Um, and so the key question I just want us to wrestle with is if God is ready and poised to transform you from the inside and out, from the inside out, so he's ready to go, he's ready to work, what are the key practices that set us up to partner with him in that? God, you know, if, if we're to presume that God has given us his Holy Spirit, his helper to teach us, if God knows the way, if God, if we yoke ourselves to him, God knows where to take us. Um, if he's ready and poised for that journey, what key practices set us up to partner with him in that? And when it comes to focusing on practices, you know, I've talked a lot about this. I'm very, I'm, I'm passionate because I think it's such a key thing in understanding how we change is that um, this is a quote from John Mark Homer. He says, what we do on a regular basis forms our loves and your longings. What this should be say forms our loves and our longings. Um, the research tells us that um, we are the ultimate accumulation of what we do. Um, who we have become is the accumulation of what we have done day after day. Another way to put that is what you do always does something to you. You know, we are always, we're always in flux, we're always becoming someone. And if that's true, then one of the most helpful things you can do if you're interested in changing to be more like Jesus and partnering with what God wants to do is to ruthlessly consider what you do regularly. Um, you know, it's not a, just a knowledge game. It's about what it, the practices you do right now. So the system of practices that are in our lives right now are perfectly designed, are perfectly designed to produce who you are right now. So, um, you know, we're all, we're all, we all have become someone. We've all becoming someone. And the journey to becoming someone else involves change of practice. Um, and, and um, you know, psychology and um, agrees with that, science agrees with that, that what we do on a regular basis forms what we love and what we long for. If you're someone in here and you love the footy, you, didn't, you were not born with that. It was formed in you. If you love coffee, 
that was formed in you. I mean, let's face it, when we we're all kids, we all pretended to like our first coffee, probably. It's pretty bitter stuff. I mean, I've, I love it. I've completely sold out and formed a massive love to it, love for it. But what we do on a regular basis forms our loves and our longings. So with all that in mind, so that's the focus of this, of what we're talking about. We're talking about that God hasn't been mysterious and he has told us what are the things that build our faith and what are the things that give us resilient faith. And so this is about exploring what does it look like to embrace those things in practice. And we're keeping it nice and simple because simple is good um, and, and we all need these simple reminders. Um, and so today we're talking about hearing and obeying God's word. Um, you know, this is like, this is a practice we need in our lives um, in, in, in many different forms, but we need to hear and obey God's word. And um, Jesus was very explicit about this. So if we look at Matthew chapter 7, verse 24 to 29, he's just done his Sermon on the Mount, the biggest sermon um, we have recorded of Jesus, um, and, he, and he closes up towards the end with this. Um, and it's so crystal clear. Therefore, everyone who hears these words of mine and puts them into practice, you got that right, who hears these words of mine and puts them into practice, it's like a wise man who built his house on the rock. The rain came down, the streams rose, and the winds blew and beat against that house. Yet it did not fall because it had its foundation on the rock. But everyone who hears these words of mine and does not put them into practice is like a foolish man who built his house on sand. The rain came down, the streams rose, and the winds blew and beat against that house, and it fell with a great crash. And when Jesus had finished saying these things, the crowds were amazed at his teaching because he taught as one who had authority and not as their teachers of the law. You know, um, just as a bit of a side note, those who try and reduce Jesus to uh, simply uh, just another good person, another good moral teacher, um, to be honest, we don't really, we can't, we can't accept that explanation of him because um, clearly he has a higher opinion of himself than that. Um, because here he is basically telling a whole crowd of people that my words are so powerful and so true that if you base your life on them, you will not fall. You will not crumble. And, and But then he has the nerve to say the reverse. If you do not heed my words, if you ignore them, if you live opposite to them, when the, when the storm comes, you will fall. It's incredibly powerful. It's so straightforward, isn't it? Jesus really puts a high price on his words. And so he should because um, when, Je when Jesus speaks, we have a direct insight into, like, you know, it's, it's God speaking in the most direct form. It's God himself speaking. The words of Jesus are the, it's not, you know, the other parts of the Bible are the word of God and it's God working through the inspiration of, of the writings of others. But when Jesus speaks, it's even notched up a bit, isn't it? Like it's, it's actually just God speaking. And so God is the one who created the world, the one who is the author of all truth is, of course, he can say, look, hearing my words and putting them into practice equals a life well built, equals a, ha a house well built. And if the rain comes and hits that house, it will not fall. So the key points, you know, is you will have an eternal, strong, and resilient faith if you what? 
hear the words of Jesus and put them into practice. You will have eternal, strong and resilient faith if you hear the words of Jesus and put them into practice. And, and it works on a couple of levels. It works on our everyday lives now, and it works in an eternal sense as well, that to Jesus is the answer. Jesus is our salvation, that when the ultimate storm comes, I guess the ultimate judgment, it's we want to be those that have heard the words of Jesus and put them into practice. But also in this life, with all the trials that we, with the, and all the different idols we're tempted to put our lives into, um, it's those who instead, rather than placing their trust in those idols, place their trust in the words of Jesus and put them into practice. That is where strength is. That is where eternal, strong and resilient faith is. Um, I love I love this point in the story. It's the same storm, but different houses. Circumstances reveal character. They don't create character. Um, you know that. The, you know, there's this, often we like to think, because human beings, you know, we can fool ourselves into thinking this, that what you, what happens to you is what produces the reactions in you. In other words, um, if someone cuts off me in traffic, they made me angry. Or um, if someone makes me really hangry and I hit them, they made me hit them. We like to think like that because it's a very responsibility absolving way to think um, but the bible says actually our actions come from who we are and we know that's true because the same storm different houses makes a point that we always know is true is that the two different people in the same circumstance have two different reactions there are some people who if i put them in a certain set of circumstances will be full of anxiety and then you can grab someone else and put them in the same set of circumstances and they will be less anxious and it's not because one person is trying really hard not to be anxious and one isn't. It's because that's a reflection of where that person is at. That's that the circumstance is revealing something. Same with anger. There are some situations where someone will fly off the handle and the same situation can be another person and the person won't fly off the handle. Now, if the circumstance is the one bringing and imputing our character, then everyone should act the same. But the truth is, we've all built our lives different. We've all become someone different as we've lived our lives. And and you know, and what Jesus is giving us a promise that if we if we bend our lives towards hearing the words of Jesus and putting them into practice, we're going to be able to withstand things. We're going to have a different sort of character um, to engage the world in. It's such a powerful promise. Um, and quite clearly, you can see is that. Jesus didn't say, whoever reads the Bible, full stop. He, he added so much more. This is not a call to simply read the Bible. This is a call to read the Bible, asking two key questions. What's God saying and what am I going to do about it? Hearing and obeying. We are not people who ever engage with the Bible just as a knowledge accumulation exercise. We are always interested in what God is saying to us and how he wants us to move and act and respond to what he's saying to us. In fact, it's dangerous to not engage with the Bible that way. But um, I'm, I think she's here with us. Um, um, I saw, saw Mel's name, but um, this her, her talk on the sticky books was a great lead into this. Um, because she was talking about, and, um, you know, she, hopefully I'll get the details roughly right, right, but, you know, when she's working with someone, 
they'll have some sticky thoughts that are not <coughs> that are not full of God's truth. And it may be a thought about themselves, it may be a thought about others, or um, and what what they do is they hold up God's truth as it is expressed in his word, and they let the truth speak to that sticky thought again and again, and they try and, and try and move as if God's truth is real, and then that sticky thought gets less and less sticky. I mean, that's exactly what this is talking about. As that person hears the word of Jesus and puts them into practice, then they are becoming more and more strong and resilient. The same circumstances are hitting them, but they're hitting them differently because of what they've built up in themselves. Um, I have to admit, on this lockdown is, is really difficult. Um, just where with Esther and I, we're finding it hard and um, we've got some other things going on in the background. And I have to say that, um, you know, there was this time a few weeks ago before the lockdown even hit where I was feeling like I was, I was carrying the weight of the world on my shoulder. You, know, you get in that phase where you kind of act like everything's on you and you're carrying everything, it's too heavy. And um, I, I, I slowed down and engaged with um, the, the Bible um, in one of those moments. And it was the moment where Jesus was rebuking his disciples because they, they thought, the disciples thought Jesus was angry with them because they didn't bring any bread on the boat. And this is after they just experienced Jesus feed like 5,000 people. So clearly Jesus doesn't struggle to produce bread if, if that's the problem. And, and he rebukes them. Um, because, you know, you, you should know that, like, you know, whatever, what, for whatever I've got planned for you, there's going to be enough, you know, this is like, you shouldn't be doubting resource like that, because I'm with you, the creator of everything is with you in the boat. And, um, and, you know, Jesus used that to speak to me that morning, just about, Nate, like, for everything I've called you for today, I've got everything you need. Like, I, I, you know, like I don't have more than what you know. I've got everything you need today. Um, you're not, it's not all on your shoulders. It's on my shoulders and I've got everything you need to get through it. And so that's just an example of the word of God making me more resilient, making me more strong for that day. Um, I, there's, a, there's a psalm in, in Psalm 3. Um, I think, I, I don't know if I've got it um, written down, but um. It's um, it's so uh, King David is a, is a is a crazy character in the Bible. Like he's just got he's killing giants, he's getting people murdered, he's having affairs, but then he's like being sorry, but then his son's kicking him out of his kingdom. Like talk about a life. Like he's had a life. Um, but he has learned across the course of his life. Um, that God is the one. It's in God's word that he trusts. It's in God's salvation that he trusts. And, um, you know, we know that David spends a lot of time reflecting on God's word because that's, you know, he wrote so many of the Psalms. And there's this great Psalm. And what's happened is Absalom, his like son, has kicked him out of the kingdom and, and he's once again a fugitive and he's once again got people out to kill him. And the picture, it seems to kind of present that he's with his men and they're surrounded and there's not much hope. And um, he pretty much says in the Psalm, you know what I'm going to do? I'm going to lie down and sleep because it's all in God's hands. And he and so God had the words of God as he listened to them and practiced them in, in his life, had built a type of person who in the midst of that sort of um, uncertainty um, and had seen God be faithful many times in his life, was able to say to his men, you know, like, 
I, I, I pictured him, I created this scene in my head that I almost pictured him telling his men, you know what we're going to do tonight, guys? We're going to sleep. We're just going to sleep. We're just going to go to sleep and rise up and trust in God tomorrow um, because he's got it in his hands. Um, and and so the, the key point is this, obviously, is that God has not made it mysterious here, is it? That if we want the type of strong, resilient faith that that makes us um, that that helps us walk um, in obedience to Christ and and be in tune with what He wants for our lives, <coughs> we need to hear the Word of God and put it into practice as a regular thing in different ways with people, without people. But it's just so simple and clear. Um, and it's not, and you know, we need to, you know, the Bible encourages us to see the word of God as food. You know, when Jesus says, man does not live on bread alone, but on every word that comes from the mouth of God, that there's this sense in that if you are low on hearing the words of God, the picture you should have of yourself is you're malnourished. That, that, that we're weak for the coming storms in our lives if we're not built on the words of God. Um, and so, yeah, if, if we want that sort of strong and resilient faith, we must hear the words of God and put them into practice. Um, just a key, just a, just a few thoughts on longevity, and I won't, um, I'll, I'll fly through these a little fast. Um, but when it comes to um, sticking at and, and trying to make habits that include the Bible in your life, um, you know, last long and be fruitful, here's a few thoughts just um, that I think, helpful for me as I reflected on um, longevity and trying to build these habits. The first thing is it doesn't really work unless you sacrifice and what I meant by that is make room. Um, the problem with the consumerist mindset is that when we think of reading the Bible more or praying more we think of adding it to what we are doing. We don't do the hard work of what can I stop to create room for this um, and sometimes and I, and I find that that that's that's just makes our lives cluttered and it doesn't work and all we do is add we need to and that sometimes that can be the sacrifice of getting up earlier sometimes that can be the sacrifice of watching less shows sometimes that can be um the sacrifice of maybe even doing a little less in other ways um but we make room um the the next key to longevity and fruitfulness is obedience over knowledge accumulation things get boring or things have the wrong effect if we're just studying it for the sake of studying it. Um, and I think um, Jesus himself warns about that. I think his language is, or is it Paul, where it, says, it talks about getting fat on the knowledge of God, as in you're just, it just makes you more proud because you're someone who knows more than someone else and can say things in a more eloquent way. But the key to being fruitful is actually having an obedience mindset. We, uh, we open the word of God to hear from God, to obey him. And if we can stay in that zone, it makes it come alive and it makes it continually stay alive as well. So, for instance, I know, I know that the Bible tells me to love my neighbor. So if I have a knowledge accumulation approach to the Bible, I have zero reason to read anything to do with that ever again. I know it. But if I would, if you were to ask me, hey, Nate, how are you going in loving your neighbor? Ah. Oh. How many, how many times do I need that reminder? I need that reminder for the rest of my life. How do I get that reminder? By reading the Bible, by hearing from God, by meditating on that and deciding what that means for my life right now. 
it's it never loses its its fruitfulness or its relevance if it's an obedience approach unless Jesus is in the in in the Zoom call. Jesus probably has it all down, but not, I don't believe any of us do. I mean, to do we need a reminder that um, God, the Lord is our shepherd, and we have everything we need. I mean, sure we know that, but but do we live like that's true? And that's why we need to reread that and re-meditate on it. It's so key to longevity and fruitfulness, sacrifice, obedience approach, not just knowledge accumulation. Next one is um, accountability. Um, so we have Bible studies um, that are that are in the church as well. You're, you're free to join one of those and read the Bible with people. Um, talk to people about what you're learning from the Bible. If you um, and also you don't need the an, an organization to to organize a bible study for you like i think it's actually even more sustainable um and and carries more vitality and longevity if it's something that a few mates or a few a few friends said hey let's let's gather together and read the bible together at this time um we certainly don't need to wait around um for yeah we don't need to wait around for things to be organized for us if we decide that it's important then we can include accountability in our lives for that. And when it comes to Jesus and his disciples, look at the disciples. They're always working things out together. Jesus is speaking to them and they're discussing it and they're coming back to him with questions. Clearly, it's normative in Jesus's way of discipleship to, to engage with the word of God together. Um, and, and I think a strong thing I'd like to say about this, I actually think if all you do is read the word of God and form your own opinions and those opinions are never questioned or um, um, discussed or kind of vetted through other people. Um, that's a dangerous space to be in for a long period of time because um, I believe, and, and I, I believe that's what Jesus modeled to us, that the body of Christ is a, is a check and balance to each other, like um, that you know, the reason we bring out our thoughts and we pray about things together and we read the Bible together is so that we can balance each other. And so, but if, if you have a practice where it's just you, your Bible and no community and maybe some YouTube videos and, and a sermon on Sunday, then what the, the problem with that is um, that we read the Bible and we feel, feel of all these ideas, but then we're not practiced in sharing them with others and letting them speak into it. So it starts to be, it can kind of move us into a posture that we're always right. Um, so I think accountability really matters, reading the word of God together. And um, last two, I'll, I'll fly a bit faster. Uh, relational approach, not transactional. So if you read the Bible and you go, I didn't get anything out of that and shut the Bible and leave, um, could I suggest that you're having a transactional approach with God? that you engage with God to get something. Um, the truth is the it's a relational thing. It's, you're not just opening a book for the sake of opening a book. You believe in the God behind the book. You believe in the God that is his spirit in your heart and that this is an exercise of giving opportunity for God to say something to you and for God to show you something. And in the same way, I mean, we don't have a transactional approach to when you talk to your good friends or to your spouse. You don't say, oh, geez, Esther, that was a good chat, but I didn't get anything out of that today, as if that's the purpose. Um, we should have a relational approach to engaging with God. And 
um, you know, it's enough to just be in his presence. It's enough to just give him an opportunity to reveal something to us. And the last one is submission. Not my will, but yours. Um, fruitfulness gets really stunted if you approach the Bible hoping to prove something inside you rather than to let God um, mold you, if that makes sense. So if we approach with our own agenda and look for the word of God to just prove our own agenda, that's not fruitful, that's dangerous. Um, and so there's some things to longevity and fruitfulness. Um, I'll just, what's the time? It's up, what's the time? Yeah, we'll, we'll probably just need to get moving along. So just some starting points if, you, if you're struggling to, how do I start including the Bible in my everyday life? There's just some, there's a couple of systems there. So scripture, observation, application, prayer is the SOAP method. So, you know, you have some scripture, you, you observe what, what stands out, what might, what do I think um, is God is saying in this? And then you just apply it. What does it look like in my life to live this out? And then you write a prayer about it. Um, if you want to get started, you know, using pre-written devotionals and Bible studies, there's some great ones. Ask around for people. Um, there's a wealth of knowledge in our church. And then there's another system where you can read, retell it in your own words, reflect, and then respond. I'll, I'll hand out a summary sheet um, for those who might want to use some of this stuff. Um, but just, um, just to kind of finish up, I just... Um, I wanted to spend some time here. So, and we'll, then we'll go into um, just a little bit of response time. I know that some people have joined us for the meeting, but you just um, tailed on to the end of this and it's all right, we can, we can spend a bit of time. Um, just, um, there's this, um, so this is Isaiah chapter 40, verses 27 to 31. And we're all in lockdown and um, there's a whole bunch of different things going on for different people. Lockdown is different for everyone. Um, but what if we were to read this now? What if we were to read this now, um, believing that God's word is powerful, believing that the Holy Spirit is in us, ready to show us things? And if I were to ask you as I read this to just be open, well, what's in this? What, what might God be wanting to impress upon me from this passage right now as it's read out? So I'm going to read this passage um, out right now and, and I'd like you to just hone in on the words um, um, and invite God to just impress something upon you and um, we might just and then I'll just leave 20 seconds silence after I read it um, and then we'll just um, pray and then um, and I guess the end the, the end goal of this the end goal of, of this um, self-feeding program like just focus is just I hope I've motivated us to just really process where is the word of God in my daily life? If it's true that it's key to me being resilient for all the change going around it, it's key to me um, coping with all the challenges in my life, if it's key to me um, being um, the person God wants me to be and cooperating with what he wants to do, um, then I hope that you're motivated then to, to, to really wrestle where is the word of God in my life. But can we, as I read these verses, can you just um, prayerfully open yourself up to God and invite him to impress something upon you? And you might want to write it down um, and then I'll close in prayer and then, um, yeah, we'll just um, we'll see where we're at and um, who's around as well. Okay. So. 
I'll just um, hold on a sec. Do I move this? Okay. Okay. Here we go. Says this. Oh Jacob, how can you say the Lord does not see your troubles? Oh Israel, how can you say God ignores your rights? Have you never heard? Have you never understood? The Lord is the everlasting God, the creator of all the earth. He never grows weak or weary, and no one can measure the depths of his understanding. He gives power to the weak and strength to the powerless. Even youths will become weak and tired, and young men will fall in exhaustion. But those who trust in the Lord, will find new strength. They will soar high on wings like eagles. They will run and not grow weary. And they will walk and not faint. I feel the goodness of those words as I read them. I feel them speaking into our current situation now. I, I see it. There's many wonderful things. What, what, what does God impress upon you as we read those words? Presuming that his word is life, his word builds us up. And what would it look like to carry that into this week? I might just, um, I might just pray and then after we pray,